Have you ever even been on a podcast? Yeah. When? I don't know. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live in Webster, New York, campsite number 13 at the Webster Family Campground, just a stone's throw away from the shores of Lake Ontario, outside at a picnic table, hoping to God it doesn't rain. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from, well, Meredith, why don't you tell us where you are, Meredith, all the way Mayhan. I am in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I am at my mom's house, in my bedroom, sitting on a bed with my computer on a dresser. With two dozen pictures staring at you over your head. <laughs> yep. All the framed photos from a lot, a lot of family events. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, Mike Frizzell is also on the line. Mike, where are you today? I am in uh, Orkin Studios in Kyle, Texas, and you will be hearing some noises in the background uh, as the entire crew here, which includes Emerson, who is uh, my nephew, and then Cullen, of course, and Emily are getting themselves fixed up for a big trip to Fiesta, Texas this Sunday morning, um, spending the day in the 100 plus degree and 80% humidity weather. Um, I'm opting out. Yeah. I don't blame you. No Fiesta for you. No fiesta for me. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do a little LRB business followed by your week in review, housekeeping, and how you can get involved with the show. And God willing, this is going to be a short one because we are connected by the technology of digital telephones <laughs> today. And um, there's no telling how long this is going to last. Uh, starting with LRB business first. Reminder, the LRB picnic is a thing that is happening on Friday, August 18th at 5 p.m. in Woodland Park, which is actually in Seattle, Washington. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> it's not an hour and a half away from Seattle, Washington. It's right in the middle of Seattle, Washington. Um, it is, in fact, uh, a healthy man's walking distance from Andrew's home. Uh Mm. And I mention this because we got a throw your phone moment from a, a listener who shall remain anonymous, uh, but I'll read this. Uh, I had to go incognito just in case you read this on the show. Seriously, how am I supposed to feel about Lay's dudes starting a TBTL picnic after you LRB folks planned a picnic since they were not going to do a picnic? Um, he goes on from there and um, is concerned that the TBTL picnic might effectively steal versus hide our thunder. Um Here's the clear advice. There are two picnics. We'd love to see you at ours. I'm sure you'd also love to go to the TBTL picnic. If you can do both, that's great. If you can do one, pick whichever one's easier for you. We would love to have you. Ours is not an hour and a half away. It's not on a school night, and it doesn't have forced group activities. You pick accordingly. <laughs> it was kind of nice that um, the guys put together a picnic that's an hour and a half closer to me. Than, than the LRB picnic. Need a shave an hour and a half off that 20-hour drive or whatever. Yeah, yeah, 32 hour. It'll be 30, 30 and a half hour drive instead of a 32-hour drive. Yeah. You might be able to keep the RV right under that daily limit if you time it right that way. Oh, boy, will I have to go potty by the time I get there, though, because I'm not allowed to use 
Uh, we've got some throw your phone moments that I think uh, have we decided we'll intersperse them all throughout the week besides the anonymous one I just read. Yeah, I think so. I think they would go well with the recap. Yeah. All right. And, all right, then. Uh, one note. Uh, listen through to the very end of this episode, guys. Um, in conjunction with uh, hashtag ButtholeGate. Ugh. Uh, we decided it would be great to get the youth perspective on this since it's such a child-heavy story. And so we got our two mm-hmm. brightest uh, in-family youth correspondents, Gus and Ellie, together. And by we, I mean Phyllis did all the work, Phyllis and Jeremy, and uh, asked them to recap for us their perspective on Luke and Andrew's take on Butthole Gate. Um, it's really a, a deep dive on Butthole Gate. Um, because like we, we've all been talking about butthole gate for a week, week and a half, but we're all grownups and and we're all all looking at it from a grownup perspective. You know, let's find out what the, what the buttholes think. You know, what what are the kids, what are the kids thinking about this story? This is the sound of young America of buttholes. (laughs) Right. Oh, insert fart joke. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to insert any fart jokes because the kids did enough of those. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna put that at the very end of the show so that you can choose where and how and when to listen to that. It's just a few minutes long and it's worth a listen, uh, but it is definitely children talking about buttholes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and with that, why don't we get? St- uh, it's a possible show title. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, why don't we get started with our weekend review? Monday, twenty four twenty, culturally optimistic. Andrew always goes to the dark side. Um, he he feels Mandy Newman is insulting TBTL on Twitter, which he clearly was not. She's she's a bigger fan than Steve is. So, Andrew, let's try to keep our self-esteem up. She's a fan. Um, then the, the this story, my goodness. Luke's trying to make Rudy jump into the water like he's – like they're in a, a Pepsi commercial or – yeah, you know it's not enough for him that Rudy jumps in and goes swimming. It's not enough that that uh, that Rudy doesn't try to save him from drowning, which she does apparently from other people in his pool. But he's they're out at a river, and Luke wants to make Rudy jump out on the dock with him, and sort of tricks her into doing it. And then he's shocked that she panics when she's in the water. I mean, she's a water dog. I'm sure she's she's she was fine, but the mind of an animal you can't. You can't read, you know, you don't know that that dog is going to be down for whatever it is your plan is for the dog. This reminded me of that, um, that drop about pranking an animal and how you can't prank an animal. (laughs) It's just a different, yeah. yeah. So we did this one time uh, when we were trying to get Molly to swim and she was, she was, a little bit anxious about it. So we, we eased her in very, very carefully. Not, we didn't push her in or pull her or anything. She, she got in by herself, but once she was in, she did not like it. And she came right to me and she had pretty, you know, she was a big dog. She was about 75 pounds and she came right up to me, um, and tried to climb me. Luckily I was in a pool. She didn't drown me, but yeah, she scratched me because she was scared and we took her out immediately and didn't ever make her do that again. (laughs) They both seem kind of disappointed that this is some sort of disloyal, Thing. This animal thought she was going to die. Well, let me. We got to throw your phone from listener Ellen. Let me read that. Oh, please. Uh, 
She says Rudy, who re- relies on Luke for food and shelter, is terrified because Luke needed one of his imaginary perfect life snapshots and goes to him for help. The guys proceed to reflect on how disloyal Rudy is. Yeah. I think she was right on. Yep. Yeah. I'm still waiting for Rudy to hang up my jacket on the appropriately placed hook and bring me a gin and tonic. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I thought about that too. I thought, uh, you know, death by the coat hook. If 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 Luke does drown, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Death by a thousand tiny coat hooks. Um, Andrew is disappointed that his neighbor's dog barks at him. That's just what neighbors' dogs do. Luckily, we have a neighbor, um, a beagle next door, but she's so old she's lost her voice. Thank God, because beagles oh will just. Yeah. Bark and bark and bark. And when they first moved in, she still had it. Now you go out there and you're like, is she over there? Because you're kind of here. But beagles are so loud and howly. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm not not sure how she, quote unquote, lost her voice, but it it was lost. We didn't do it. She's nice. Um, The picnic announcement is made. There's going to be a TVTL picnic, guys. Wait, what? Wow. Yeah, you know, you remember months and months ago when um, when we we ser- sought out the information and found out there was not going to be a picnic because basically they announced the Austin show, you know, cause that's kind of a big deal to do, and then um, especially Christy, but 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 some of us and especially Christy did a lot of work and communication with the guys, you know, saying, well, okay, if you don't, if you're not going to have a picnic. We've we've reserved a spot and we're going to have one here. If you guys want to join us, you know, join us. You can do whatever you want or whatever. And then zero communication until the Maris Farms things happens. Uh, Very thoughtful of the tens who are donating their space and their their stuff to do a TBTL picnic. That's really great. Um, Oh yeah, this is by no by no means frustration about that. But like I said, no, no. we're very glad that there will be two picnics and you may choose which one you'd like to go to or both. Um, just remember that ours has a very specific rule on what you can or can't bring. Uh, TBTL's picnic, I'm sure, will announce those rules for theirs uh, sometime a week or two after their picnic. They're going to have like 15,000 pounds of desserts out there in the hot sun. <laughs> that's, that's usually what happens. The top story, for some reason, is Andrew has sold his Scion, and he is trying to pass on some memories, says he's afraid of having an adult car. Uh, the The plan, I guess, was for them to sell the Scion and Vive's older VW Golf, and they bought a new VW Golf. And to me, I have to say to Andrew, you still don't have an adult car. <laughs> <laughs> You have, you're you're driving Vive's Vive's adult car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's car blind. Um, I think a lot of people are are that way. I, I'm kind of I'm not car blind, but I, I I don't give a shit. Like I don't care what I drive. You know, so I know what I'm driving and I know how it's perceived, and that's all fine. I'm not one of those people who's like I don't even know what this is. It has wheels. What? But I don't care. So, and clearly, Bobby, you don't either, right? Well, I mean, the RS was the car I could afford, and it served me well. 
And now that I own a Corolla, yeah. I think that I'm basically just undercover. Like like thirty percent of the cars on the roads are Toyota Corollas around here. So whatever. <laughs> right. It's like if you were 15 years older and driving a Camry. Yeah. You're, you're invisible. Yeah, exactly. Completely invisible. And, and that is the Toyota uh, life cycle. You know, as you progress in life, you mm-hmm. go from the Corolla to the Camry. And if you're really doing well, you get the hybrid Camry. You do kind of a homer fade into the hedges yeah. of, of car driving. Yeah. Luke calls the cars that Andrew and his ilk like cartoon cars like you don't want to commit to being a car owner so you don't also want to drive a, a shitty car so you get like a snazzy little cartoony like car i think that's there's a little bit to that at least in luke's mind yeah uh but he's a guy who feels tough driving a toyota 4runner <laughs> so just just because a car is kind of shitty doesn't make you tough uh i drove in a zuzu um, rodeo for about a year oh. earlier in my life, yeah. a loner car from my aunt. And uh, I never once felt proud of it. <laughs> no. While I'm in Michigan, I rented a car to get me around because uh, there is Uber and Lyft here, but it's it's a little spotty and uh, my mom and stepdad only have one car between them. So I rented a Dodge Caravan minivan. Probably pretty nice, huh? And let me tell you, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Dodge, that, that was the first uh, first minivan, I think, was the Dodge Caravan. So they always pride themselves on on being out front. Yeah, there's nothing like the, being the first to market. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I've mentioned before, I when we, when we were in Las Vegas, the only rental car left available at the shitty rental car place we went to was a minivan with Texas plates. And so we rolled down the Vegas Strip in the minivan and I have never gotten so much audible shit from drunk frat brothers <laughs> when we had the windows down with the minivan. Wow. Yeah. Like I just thought whatever, we'll take it. And I was, I wasn't happy about it, but we took it. We got so much crap from people driving it down, uh, you know, right through the new part of Vegas that I returned it the next day. I went back to the airport and made them give me another car. Really? Wow. I didn't want to get yelled at. I'm surprised people would care that much. I just—it's just weird that people would look at somebody in a minivan and be like, "Uh "Uh-oh, I better make fun of that guy." Right? (laughs) Like, I feel like in this caravan that I am talk about being invisible. I mean, no one pays attention to minivans. Right. That's odd. Yeah. I guess it was a lack of children in the back that that really sold it for us. I don't know. With Texas plates, there's got to be a gun rack in that thing. Yeah. And people will, won't be so quick to True. ridicule. Yeah, I should have just tied some antlers to the front before we left. All right. We're already down to email. Uh, Chris in New York, who is famous for being, I think, the only person on a flight one time. He's talking about the wine. Luke looking for wine at the breweries. And he uh, he lets the guys know that there are different licenses in Washington for breweries and wineries and uh, very often the brewery doesn't have the winery license and the winery doesn't have the brewery license so it's tough to tough to go on a wine and beer tour uh, at the same time yeah it's a real um, shame for one person i know <laughs> the low carb I, it's it's funny like carrie probably 75 pounds soaking wet with the wind at her back Tilting back some beers and Luke going, do you have anything more low carb? 
Can I just get a low carb <laughs> item, please? Jesus Christ, that's embarrassing. Just drink a beer, right? Just jog, yeah. jog another 10 feet tomorrow and have a beer. All right, we got to keep moving. I know you're upset, but we got a lot of show left. <laughs> okay, so so they talk about the weird rules um, about did you look at the the brewery mural and then all of a sudden you can be in the club or whatever. I thought that was that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, there's an email from Henry about the flight chatter channels. These are readily available. I think I've listened to them um, on my computer before. Um, and and uh, I know it's I know they had it on United. I listened to it on a flight once. It's all right. It's kind of relaxing, I guess, because it's sort of nonsense. And these guys all sound like your dad, you know. Yeah, that's so you're true. just like it's easy to tune out what they're saying. <laughs> you know, start. I tune out Will all um, the time in social settings, so it's great. It's good practice. <laughs> Here's the spot in my notes where I should have had a Meredith note, which said show should have ended here. <laughs> Because then Luke goes off on a Skyjink story about a lady who was trying trying to lick another. Was it a lady? Another lady? Yeah, just chasing her all over the plane trying to lick her. No. Yeah. No. Too loud. Too loud and too specific uh, this time. Um, then there's this. They come up with the culinary tale. I'm, I mean, I'm really tuning out by now. Um, the the lummy name for Mount Baker. <laughs> Yeah, there's a child across the way who had a serious opinion about the cautionary <laughs> tale. Sorry. Mount Coulson. That's where it comes yeah. from. Mount Coulson was the lummy name yeah. for Mount Baker. And then they do a seemingly endless search for a mountain outro. Uh, as as Andrew uh, says that somehow he has to dress up for their phone meetings. He has, and by that he means put on shoes. Um, Tux, long tails, bow tie. <laughs> I know he said dress up and I'm like, well, what is that? And then it turns out I put on some shoes. Yeah. Uh, that's it for Monday. Tuesday, 24, 21. Now that I can get into, this is mostly <laughs> song of the summer talk. So we're going to breeze right through this, but it's worth mentioning that Olive brought in a baby rat to the house. Carrie screamed and Luke had to bring it outside. And I think this just shows more disrespect for their, their animals kind instincts towards them they were mm. she was trying to bring them a gift a food yeah a gift for the yep. family absolutely yeah and they just threw it outside Rude. luke should have gotten about a tiny inner... cookbook and, and you know, <laughs> olive choose a recipe here and we'll we'll take care of it we'll, we'll even use the sweet meats they should do a, a blue apron for cats that would be great oh, yeah. <laughs> they could put in some of that catnip wine as a pairing red mm-hmm. apron mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh luke interviewed eric weinmeyer for the weinmeyer weinmeyer for livewire it sounds like um and he's the fellow from the he climbed the tallest mountain in the world but he's gay drop yep. um he has some sort of brain port that lets him see which sounds really cool sounds like some lavar burton um, level shit yeah definitely yeah. but still He's got this brain port that lets him see. I think it was like things that are really, really close up, and then he can get up on. Like you climb the top to the top of a mountain. I mean, what is there? I mean, it's a feeling of accomplishment, but you can't look around. Well, he's not doing it for the view, obviously. Yeah. 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 There's a great deal of song in the summer talk, and I am not going to list those songs or talk about it. 
other than to say I'm a little bit irritated that they are choosing the songs kind of just based on whatever. I thought it was going to be based on votes. Most popular votes get in the bracket, but I guess not. Uh, This was extremely even more arbitrary than I was expecting. It's always been, even in this modern era, it's always been a little bit of these are the songs that more or less got the top votes, and then there was a little bit of negotiating. But this time they didn't even play all the songs that Andrew had set aside as the front runners. Oh, thank God. Thank God, because when he came on the show and said, well, we have 78 songs and we're going to listen to every... Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. There was an offhanded comment that Andrew puts uh, Andrew in all caps in his spreadsheet when he finds a song he wants to add to his library. And then he notes that him saying that will probably end up on Marsupial Gurgle, which is run by Tungus. What do we think of that? Well, first, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's I love Tumgis, but it's Andrew with an exclamation point. First of all, or actually three three exclamation right. points, something like that. Um, oh, yeah, it's much louder than just Andrew in all capital letters. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with they, with Tumgis or or Tumlin. Too too much good. Yeah, Tumlin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you know, we we all appreciate. Marsupial Google, so too much good Lynn. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they talk a little bit about shitty commercials that won't die, and they play the audio of this Jerry Seinfeld, Bill Gates, Amazon ad, and then Andrew describes the visuals to us. Again, not a great medium for talking about commercials. How dare you? Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> and then we hear again about Luke's ill-advised Microsoft ad in which it appears they're mocking a dead Steve Jobs. It sure looked like it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It sure did. Um, Song of the Summer, they play about a thousand songs. And uh, they mention at the end, Luke says that LRB's only joy in life is fucking with them. So that we'll probably mount a campaign to make Despacito the Song of the Summer. And I would just like to say officially, we will not do that at all. Yep. Yeah, we're we're out of the prank business for right now. Well, at least that prank. We have a picnic to plan. That's not a good prank. Yeah. <laughs> we we save our salt for, you know, when it's worth it. And it, they've already made it quite clear that Spreadsheet is not in the running. So right. <laughs> I'm done with this contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meredith, don't overlook your point that they think our only joy is to fuck with them. We also enjoy fucking with the Stens page. That's exactly right. <laughs> really Those are do. our two joys in life. <laughs> I really do. All right. I guess moving on to Wednesday, 2422. Nothing, uh, nothing ketchup on a nothing hot dog. Um, this means that the nothing burger uh, open was played. I think it's pretty new, this nothing burger phenomenon. So I think Andrew slapped together the nothing burger open. Actually, I believe Chris um, Hayes gets credit for that. I think I, I maybe I misnoted, but... I think that they basically stole the Nothing Burger intro package from a from a clip array pulled together by All In. I oh, think nice! Right. Yeah. And that was the yeah, first place you... I had ever heard that phrase was from Chris Hayes uh, talking about Republican opposition using that as a buzzword. So I think he was on the cutting edge of the Nothing Burger. Yeah, it's uh, it's all over the place. I I heard it in the wild before I heard it on TVTL, so yeah. that's how I know it's it's all over the place. Andrew um, Andrew is Luke's pod son, and so it gives him a chance to play the Sarah Huckabee Sanders Donald Donald Trump 
quote the <laughs> the inconvincing um, praise for a son through a completely incompetent spokesperson. That's how you mm-hmm. that's how you show support yeah. for your son. Put your words in the mouth of someone who can barely speak. <laughs> they, they they talk about uh, the um, what are the acronyms? I guess POTUS, FLOTUS, SCOTUS, or whatever. I know, I know this is a maybe it started with like Veep. It came into super wide popularity, but it shit bothers me. Can you just they say president? It. First they use lady? it on West Wing all the time. Oh, in West that Wing, that's the hole in my game mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. 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 Because it only came to hammer me over the head when I started watching Veep. <laughs> and uh, it's not really hard to say Supreme Court. It's not. True. <laughs> but how would we know that you're talking about the one that is the Supreme Court of the United States? Oh, that's right. Because we're always talking about those Supreme Courts and all those other places. Yeah. We should start okay. calling them Pot, Flot, and Scott. <laughs> yeah, that'll stop it. Um, Luke is in transit to fill in on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me because um, it's going to pay him exactly what it takes to pay off the landscapers. That's always a tidy <laughs> way to look at a, yeah. at a gig. <laughs> it's like, this, this, this makes for my nicely manicured yard, this trip to Chicago. Uh, I uh, I do think that Luke made a good point, though. I'm sure they called everyone in Chicago first. It must have gotten pretty far down the list. If I mean, not to say Luke isn't <laughs> worthy. He's certainly worthy. But you know they didn't want to pay the airfare from Seattle. Right. Yeah. Right. The Gold Club Bellingham right. membership. Andrew found a video of Prince using the pistol mic stand that... Um, that his dad made for Prince. But did this ever get thrown out anywhere where any of us could see it? I don't recall. Yeah, I think somebody... I was mildly interested. Somebody tweeted yeah. it at him, I thought, or sent it to him. And yeah, it never did make uh-huh. its way out into the world, I don't think. Okay. I mean, it it rises to the mild level of interest that I would look if it were on the, yeah. on the said stance page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it, it could have been, and it might just be under 30 requests for the Spotify playlist of Song of the Summer. <laughs> just avalanche of, yeah. is there a playlist for song? All right. Um, Luke recalls his early obsession with Prince. He hadn't heard any of Prince's music, but he had heard that uh, one of Prince's um, go-tos on the stage was to bring a lady out on a bed and uh, perform oral sex on the lady and um the funniest part of this story this was a good story was luke talking about how he was trying to describe the act to the teachers at jesus creek didn't he do you're like her her it was her her, uh right (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy yeah well, and the, uh, question, the question I had when this came up was, I, I part of me really doesn't even want to bring this up, but he never does tell us what terminology he was using back then, just like he wouldn't tell. Oh, wh- when he was telling his classmates, yeah. you mean? He wouldn't tell the, yeah. the teachers and principal or whatever what term he was using, and he also wouldn't tell the TBTL listeners what term he was using. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do either of you have a guess? I have mine. 
I don't. Uh, I really. I've been. I'm at my mom's house. I can't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm in a campground with many oh. children in earshot. Okay. Well, you you're on the phone over there, so I'm not on a loudspeaker. But I would my if I was if this were if this were a uh, Family Feud, and I had to try to get one answer with the most votes, I would say eating beaver. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to look at this, Family yeah. Feud style. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, Steve Harvey would have a ball with this. Um, I mean, if if y'all weren't in the situations you were in, we could we could really go with, you know, we could put together a, a monster <laughs> list and get some feedback from people. But it sounds like... Maybe we should do that on the, on the LRB page. Yeah, well, let's start a poll oh, yeah. or something. Some sort of... We'll start a thread for this. Please tell oh, us. Yeah. Please tell us. Imagine that you're 10 years old again or 8 years old again or whatever. And <laughs> uh-huh. Mine is of an era, though. So, I mean, the, the kids in Seattle may have been past that 10 years later when Luke was was describing this imaginary prince stage show. <laughs> we've got a, we've got a um, Jeep rolling through that sounds like it could take a trip to the repair shop. Sorry. Uh, there's some parking. Luke, Luke wants to talk about the parking going on at Andrew's house. Uh, there was a note on somebody's car. It says, please call me before you call the police. That's a very Seattle thing. <laughs> and also it's, it's getting to be next door culture now too. It's like people just call the police because they go online and they complain about something. And then everyone on the, on their post has called the police, yep. mm-hmm. you know, it's so annoying because <laughs> you, you can just, no, nothing is too small for someone else to say you should call the police and believe me the police don't care anymore after you've called them three times about somebody's car hanging out into your driveway fuck you we should just put a note on andrew's car that says please please listen to my podcast before you call the police (laughs) um Luke follows uh, this powerlifting lady on Twitter, and he's worried. He's overthinking Twitter again because he's very worried because he retweeted her. Um, she she did a funny tweet about having a camel toe and just not being able to do anything about it, and she was at the gym or whatever. And Luke thought it was might have been inappropriate for him to retweet. No, dude, you laughed. You thought it was great. She meant it to be funny, and you retweeted it. Yeah. Yep. That's fine. But, it's okay. You're okay. Andrew has pants with a fly problem. They're called his So he has to keep danger pants. <laughs> danger pants. Yeah, you know, pants aren't expensive. They aren't. You can get another pair without a fly I had a problem. pair I had a pair of danger pants when I was a teenager and I would wear them to work when I worked at the restaurant because I had an apron on and it didn't matter if, if Oh yeah. If everything went wrong, yeah. <laughs> if I just they had came to check. Flying open. Yeah, I just had to check before I took the apron off at the end of the day. There's also a, yeah. a different level of danger between us, Meredith. Uh, yeah, I true. Mean, you're, you might show yeah. off some colors, uh, right? But uh, there's, you know, as as I believe was mentioned in this, right after the camel toe conversation, there's a real moose knuckle situation that could get out of hand fast. <laughs> Wait, Bobby, you can't give me some some oral sex terms, but you're just moose knuckling and and camel towing it up over there at the campsite. I leaned into the microphone pretty hard for that one. <laughs> okay. 
I was just thinking that this is going to be a fun show because I'm the only one that can be <laughs> that can be dirty. <laughs> and you guys just have to listen to it, and you can't yep. you can't participate. Well, you know, I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> uh, top story: Amelia uh, Amelia Earhart uh, photo was a big phony burger. Um, how? Not only did I and don't I generally care about the Amelia Earhart stuff, but uh, I mean, everybody knew this was bullshit, right? It's a TV show coming out. They find a photo. Yeah, I kind of always suspected that. And somebody tweeted something like, uh, yeah, this could be true if you ignore all the evidence that it's not. <laughs> right. And uh, I think I forgot to say it last time, but even if it were true, I mean, it's kind of miserable. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not like a happy ending. Like, oh, she's lived this great life. on like, No, she, no, she was there. captured. <laughs> This is one of those uh, networks place. that spends half its time making shows about alternate histories where aliens and Nazis run things, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, top story two, two black bears chase a guy and are turned away by a screen porch. That was pretty funny. Yeah. He tried I to wonder if in. he... Uh... If he put that on next door, I wonder. How, I bet everybody would tell him to call the police. <laughs> <laughs> those, those bears were black. Ooh. Yeah. 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 I, ironically, though, the the I, well, they talked about all the things you can do to like get away from bears and and defend yourself against bears. And neither one of these guys is going to see a bear, right? We don't need to worry about. They don't need to worry about it. Yeah. But. Probably not. We used to chase bears uh, out of camp up in the Adirondacks, usually mm-hmm. brown bears, uh, by just banging pots and pans you, together. Just when you get there, you try to flush them all yeah, out? Yeah, exactly. It's to, like a game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And they're always chasing after. They're, they're trying to scoop up as much Charmin as they can on their way out. It's a very awkward thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but no, you just, just be loud. Be percussive with metal things, mm-hmm. non-natural sounding things. Mm-hmm. They don't want anything to do with that. They don't, know what, they don't want to go into anything they don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the main thing is don't run, don't run unless you're uh, a super athlete marathon speedrunner, and then maybe do run. Or if you're running to your car, yeah, to drive away from the bear, that's, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> if you can make it. Um, they they've I I don't know why I've heard of this before, but the guys just now have heard about Michael Phelps is going to race a shark. Uh, <laughs> And they were wondering how this was going to work, and I, I don't even know how I knew about it or how I found out about how it's going to work. But the shark is going to have a, like a lane, like a plexiglass lane, and it's going to swim next to Michael Phelps, I think. But my my problem with this is, how does the shark know that it's in a race? You yeah. Know? What if it's not in a hurry? What if it's just like wants right. to hang out in the shallow right. end? Right. Like they release it into this lane, and it's like, hey, this is a nice lane right here. How do you prank a shark? Yeah. Just let's stop. Let's stop setting unrealistic expectations for for animals who don't understand. Well, I think it, you know they're uh, going to have to be equally incentivized. So at the end of the shark's lane, there's going to be some chum, and at the end of Michael Phelps' mm-hmm. lane, there's going to be a bong and a big check from Dell. There you go. There you go. I knew we'd yep. get there. Yeah. Uh, Mayweather McGregor is discussed, and if if you don't know what Mayweather McGregor is, that's you're in a good place because this is this is a train wreck of epic proportions. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations to to y'all if you don't know what this fight is. Um, 
Andrew knows nothing of it, so he's in a good place. It's a pay-per-view nothing burger. Yeah. Yeah. Very much a nothing burger. Um, they skip Butthole Gate again, second or third time. They get an email from Tracy about Andrew's uh, Scion. She had a Pontiac vibe, and then, of course, the Pontiac Aztec is discussed because it was kind of a a, um, a toy car, clown car, <laughs> that was in Breaking Bad as well. Um, I've seen a couple of those in the wild, and I always try to get a look at who who drives them. You know what I mean? <laughs> who drives the crazy the crazy car? Yeah. You know, because like when you see a Kia Soul, you're always expecting those hamsters to be driving in there. You're like, <laughs> I want to see those rocking hamsters. But usually it's just some, you know, teenage girl, and it's, it's not as fun. Yeah. Uh, Andrew takes another shot at telling the Cyan story and his, about his emotions. And uh, for some reason, Luke thinks that he should have – he's not going to have a box of CDs in um, – in Vive's new car, but maybe he can keep one CD in the dash. And <laughs> this, and you're going to love this. They they decide to use a car song, uh, and they talk about it being on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's throw, uh, uh, Anna's throwing her phone, thinking about yeah. all the on the nose. We got a lot of feedback uh, at throwyourphone.com about Tuesday's show and about uh, how irritated people were that they talked so much about literal songs and on-the-nose songs, and they really, really did, and it, it seems to bother them. We got some feedback from listener Tony, and part of that is, gentlemen, I'm sorry that the music your audience enjoys can't be a deep and metaphorical as that time Kanye used the word chromie, which is still not a word, but we like what we like, and this is what happens when you ask for suggestions. Good point, Tony. Yep. We didn't get a throw your phone moment, I think, from Anne. We just got a thousand throw your phone moments inside of our chat. <laughs> Correct. And Anne, Anne. <laughs> Anne kept track of how many times they said on the nose, literal, mm-hmm. and what was the other one? Oh, um, oh yeah, there were I three. God, I don't remember. I, I, I blocked out most of Tuesday. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, That's fine. I actually, give me a quick second here because I, I like... Song of the Summer. I've always been the one who liked Song of the Summer the most out of all of us on this show. Um, but the process has just gotten so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Conceptually, I love the idea of it. Just tens, put out what you like. Let's have a little contest. There's a lot of fun there. Maybe something goofy and stupid will win. Like an old song by Dennehy or whatever. Uh, but yeah, man just this thing's jumped well yeah yeah it's jumped the shark it's true tbtl fashion for it to get bogged down in details to where it's not fun anymore right but is it is it the song that you want to hear all summer or is it the song (laughs) that comes out all right uh i think my sorry sorry i'm just trolling Anne at this point (laughs) Uh oh we're losing bobby Uh oh uh oh yeah we better hurry up and move Uh on to thursday okay okay (laughs) Thursday, 24-23, Pizza Crimes and Misdemeanors. They are at Andrew's house having recorded the video for the newsletter, and uh, they talk a lot about how Andrew doesn't want Luke in his bed for some reason. <laughs> He's not confident. <laughs> He's not confident in the cleanliness of his sheets. So no one He's, who doesn't live in their house is allowed in bed. He's so anal about cleanliness of his house. I'm surprised the sheets are an issue. That's Me that, too. That was like, 
Huh. Bathroom is spotless. Kitchen immaculate. Uh, those sheets, though. Ooh. He has no idea when they were last changed. Yeah, that is incredible. <laughs> They're just burlap. They're wow. just scrap burlap sacks that we just laid over the bed. You wouldn't be interested. <laughs> Luke is in Chicago in a hotel room, and he t- tells a story about how he was walked in on by housekeeping. And I just can't believe he doesn't put his Do Not Disturb sign on the door. That's all you have to do. He stays in enough hotels to know this. I know. They don't come in if that's on the door. Just put up your sign. I bring I bring one in my computer bag in case there isn't one on my door. You know, because sometimes <laughs> people will steal them off your door because they don't have yeah. one or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have like th- two different kinds. I have the kind that slides into the lock and I have the kind that hangs over. Those are in my computer bag wow. just in case. Because, yeah, they won't disturb you. They, right. The do not disturb keeps them from disturbing you. Andrew likes that he can come back to a new and clean room every time. Um, and I feel kind of the opposite. I don't really want them in my room. If it's mm-hmm. a short enough stay, if it's under like a few days, I will put that sign up and not ever take it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I need new towels, I can call and ask for more and put the old ones outside. I don't want them in my room. I don't want them touching my stuff. Stay away. Hmm. I think if the timing works, I'm fine with them cleaning the room. You know, if like I, if I'm going to be gone most of the day, that's mm-hmm. fine. They can come in there. But I, I don't like it when I'm basing out of the motel, you know, like. Uh, if like you moved I, in, yeah, 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 and 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 I'm in and out of there all the time, and then I'm like, I, I got this. You can just give me some towels. I got it. Yep. Uh, Luke talks about how he uses uh, bath towels for wiping pizza sauce off his face when he inevitably orders a pizza in a hotel. Uh, which brings us to a discussion of um, paper towels as napkins. And Andrew says that when he's out of paper towels, he uses towels as napkins. And and I think we got some feedback on this. Why not just use a napkin? <laughs> Is something happening to napkins? It's a little on the nose, Meredith, to use a napkin with your meal. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's way too obvious. Okay. Um, Andrew calls Luke out for destroying the remote control in their uh, in Andrew's hotel room. Um, by stirring a cocktail with it. This was the worst part of the whole entire week for me. I could not believe he did this. The remote control is one of the most notoriously filthy things in a hotel room because everyone touches it and no one yeah. cleans it. And he sticks it in his drink? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Just because it's such a random cocktail stirrer. Yeah. He this, can't use straws. This was at five in the morning or so and he didn't even remember it but he must have been extremely drunk i believe andrew that it happened and oh my god that is yeah it's it's so bad and i'm not a germaphobe and you know i'll use the remote or whatever when i'm there but uh no 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 no, not stirring the drink with it no not gonna do that with it no no they're gonna drink with the right hand they're gonna remote with the left hand and right they shall not meet. The remote control is the thing that glows in the dark when they hit it with the black light on those shows. Yeah, right. right, right. It's right. like radioactive with, with jizz. Yeah, yeah, grime and semen. Absolutely. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Um, top story for today is about the big Maple Leaf $1 million Canadian gold coin that was stolen. Uh, apparently now, uh, because of the price of gold, it's worth $4.5 million. I guess they arrested four people in Berlin. And Luke tells us a story about how he and Peter Williams stole or somehow ended up with a nice leather basketball. And one day when they wanted pizza, they went to a sports reseller and sold it 
for pizza money, which is almost the same thing as the coin thing. Almost. <laughs> they got $70. That's pretty good. That must have been a great basketball. I think there were other things in that hall. Right. That mm-hmm. was the used cleats pushed him over the edge. Yeah. <laughs> the real top story for today is hashtag butthole gate. We finally get to this story, which I think everyone has probably heard about by then and was tired of already. Uh, this is basically uh, two people having a fight on Yelp about two very different accounts of a naked baby in a restaurant. Uh, the customer claims the baby bent over and showed her its butt, and another child was yodeling at her as she tried to eat. That That's um, the lost thing here. I, I'll look at a butthole all, all breakfast long, <laughs> but do not yodel at me. Do not yodel at me. I'm walking out of there. They they talk about uh, how when Andrew was a kid, he got to go to restaurants pretty frequently, but he had to behave or they were removed by their parents. And Luke said he doesn't think that really happens anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I think only if you're a decent human being. Like, that's what you do when you are out with kids. If they become a nuisance, you remove them. Mm-hmm. I, I have plenty of friends with kids who do that. I don't yeah. think that's a lost art. I think the problem is that there are all kinds of parents. And, of course, anyone who listens to this show is going to be a good parent. But there are all kinds of parents. Certainly. Um, I mean, I, we might have some bad dog moms out there, but we, we're not, we don't have any bad actual parents. Right. 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 I mean, clearly you shouldn't have a naked baby in a restaurant, even if you're the owner. That's pretty disgusting. Yeah, just, um, just no one wants to s- on a health code violations front, that's an issue. Well, and I've I've worked in restaurants for a long time, and and that's not a place for a baby. There's uh, boiling water and flames and hot oil. You, I mean, and you know you don't want them walking around in the dining room either. It just seems like a bad idea all yeah. around. And plus, when you have to pee, and and like if you're naked and a nice breeze comes through the restaurant, like somebody opens the door and the back door is open, and then whew, you feel the breeze across your your penis, you can't help but just pee on the spot. <laughs> Well, did they ever say if this was a boy baby or a girl baby? Oh, I just assumed a boy because it was such a shitty baby. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, I may be guilty of, of the butthole exposure uh. was a young woman. Uh. Uh, Luke says that he's a little bit baby crazy. Like he's totally into whatever kids are doing and he probably wouldn't have a huge problem with this. And But Andrew is obviously quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Andrew mentions, is this what he mentions about the, the uh, airplane thing? Uh, that maybe was Friday, but we talk about kids a little bit and Andrew is not uh, a huge fan of kids in public places. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Andrew's a monster. I think that's what everybody was agreeing on. Um, (laughs) I actually don't agree with that, but more on that on Friday. Right. Um, I think that's enough butthole gate. Uh, again, listen to the end of the show for uh, our youngest listeners' take on that on that whole uh, debacle. Yeah. Uh, they move on to something called real question mark sports question mark, uh, where Genevieve was watching an episode of Monk, and there was some gobbledygook about basketball, and they talked about how these things are often inaccurate. And of course, again, Luke with the one book that he's read and all the sports <laughs> inaccuracies in there. <laughs> Well, uh, Luke uh, tells us again about Tony Shalhoub's brother who invented the Shapoopy, and I was kind of pained to have heard that story for the fifth time. 
Yeah, I actually heard the show, and now I've heard him say it like three times. So uh, the the real sports, I like it as a as a segment. I hope they they do it again. This particular one was just such a cookie cutter network television. Say something really sporty here. You know, most people who watch Monk aren't going to give a fuck. And Luke did a did a really deep dive explaining how some of this stuff could have been relevant in a game situation. He needn't have. It wasn't. That's probably why I didn't write down anything yeah. about it and didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah, he needn't. He needn't have gone so deep on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get an email from Jude in Tacoma about the pronunciation of Cheney Stadium. Is it Cheney or Cheney? Yeah, and I Cheney. think we got an answer. Yeah, Cheney is it. Um, the Seahawks used to have their spring training. Sorry, it's not spring training. Their um, their preseason camp in Cheney, Washington, which is where uh, Eastern Washington University is. And then uh, I th- don't know if it's named after the same person, but Cheney Stadium is the stadium in Tacoma where the Triple A Mariners affiliate is. There's no controversy. Just Cheney. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, somebody reached out to the public address announcer at Cheney Stadium because there is a video that I saw on Facebook yesterday yeah, yeah. of him addressing a yeah. camera telling Two Beautiful to Live listeners that it's Cheney Stadium. Yeah, I don't know right. if you could get any more authoritative than that. They talk a little bit about the difference between grilling and barbecue, and I've made that assertion on this show before. Grilling is not the same thing as barbecue, uh, but I don't think I knew that until I moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. So it it must be a very regional thing. Yeah, it's just taken more seriously down here. But nobody is confused about what you say when you say one of those two things. No, no, no. Are, are you grilling today? You know, what's on the grill today or whatever. If, if someone is barbecuing, it's a serious deal. It, yeah. There's something that's been been in the works for days. You know? Right. If someone invites me to a barbecue, I'm not assuming it's actually barbecue unless I have a reason to think so. For two reasons. One, I grew up in a part of the country where the word barbecue is used fast and loose. And two, I just don't like to get mm-hmm. my hopes up. Yeah. 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 You get invited to a barbecue in Texas, you're going to get some goddamn barbecue. Right. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. Not not some salmon and chicken and some corn on the cob and be looking around like, is there any fucking barbecue here? Yeah. Right. All right. Let's go to Friday 2424. It's purple drank in my prayer cup o'clock somewhere which is not a title that they discussed on the show, I don't think. It's just a mishmash of topics toward the end of Friday's show. And let's do it really quickly. Luke is still in Chicago. Um, He's supposed to be out of the room in 30 minutes, but, of course, apparently left a note for housekeeping that it might be an hour. Uh, That does work out. Cheney versus Cheney conversation continues. Luke recalls Wayne Cody's pronunciation, uh, just one of the many people to have been on 710 a.m. from 7 to 10 (laughs) p.m. Hey, everybody. Wayne Cody here. How you doing? Cheney Washington. Coming to you from Cheney Washington, home of the Seattle Sea. Uh, we have a, a actually a really well-timed point. Luke mentions that he did not eat anything on Thursday before the weight weight taping, got to the green room, and then passed on what he called the, quote, deep crust pizza in the green room. This is <laughs> particularly poignant because Friday's show features a clip from 2010 where Luke did eat the food in the green room before wait, wait, after not eating all day. And it was Boston Market cream spinach. And seven years before hashtag butthole gate, he was having his own little situation uh, while recording. Wait, wait, don't tell me. So if you haven't listened to Friday's show yet, that's actually a great segue. (laughs) 
into mistakes mm-hmm. Luke has made in the green room before Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me related to shitty food. Uh, instead, he goes to a restaurant after called the Purple Pig and is disappointed to find out that the kitchen is closed. But a lady at the bar offers him her sloppy seconds on her leftover octopus. No. <laughs> I don't care what it is. I'm not eating a stranger's leftovers. Uh, actually, uh, sloppy seconds on the lady's leftover octopus might actually be what I might have called that when I was 10. Good call. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. He decides that eating her leftover octopus, which is sauteed and not deep fried. Uh, so <laughs> Andrew's very concerned. He's wondering about the logistics because if it's like a plate of calamari, then whatever. You're just taking a bite of somebody else's fried food. But no, this is something that's kind of got a sauce to it. <laughs> um, it's still better than going to the Rockin' McDonald's <laughs> down the street. Just the. Uh... I don't think so. I think I would have. I'm not big on McDonald's, but I think I would have chosen yeah. that over somebody's nasty ass leftover octopus. Yeah. Well, and the Rock and Roll McDonald's is one of the funnest McDonald's in the world. See? See? <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, and this is the same restaurant that has seven patrons in it. One is Luke. One is the lady with the leftover octopus. And one is uh, Robinson Cano, now this year and recently of the Seattle Mariners. Uh, and Luke, emboldened by Mezcal, decides that despite the fact that he swears he's not usually the guy who gets pictures with people, He's going to go get a picture with Robinson Cano for the sake of his friends. He's doing it for them. It's very selfless. I kind of believe him. I kind of believe him because this isn't the kind of thing that he would normally do, I don't think. And I I probably, if I were him, I wouldn't have tried it had Robinson Cano um, not been coming off hitting a home run and being the MVP of the All-Star game the previous night. Yeah. I mean... He's going to be in a good mood. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, I did not expect Robinson Cano's career to have another feather in it after his last trade. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, he saddles up next to him, and I wrote this quote, Robbie. Hey, Robbie. I'm from Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to play it cool. He's going to oh, get okay. the picture, but he's going to play it cool. <laughs> I I think I think I, my play would have been would have been you know like MVP way to go or whatever something recent rather than I'm from Seattle. Well, know? and compliment him, butter him yeah. up a little bit, so he wants yeah. to take a picture right. with you. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm from a city <laughs> that you <laughs> that you currently call home a few months a year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> to collect fifteen twenty million dollars. No income you, tax in you, Seattle, right? In Washington State. Yes. Yeah. It's a if you got to get traded somewhere for that last contract of your career, you might as well go where you're going to keep all your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has an extended conversation about how attractive Robinson Cano is as a human being, which I, I, I see it. <laughs> um, yeah, he's jacked. And while talking about players, um, Andrew notes that Danny Valencia has, quote, eyelashes for miles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's pretty dreamy. Yeah. Uh, top story Friday, there's a toddler in the front row of the Wait, Wait, Do- uh, Don't Tell Me taping that is being a toddler, as toddlers do. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and Luke notes, quotes, obviously something happened to the sitter, which I don't buy because those tickets for Wait, Wait are kind of hard to come by. And if you're in the front row, I don't think you had an extra seat unless the toddler's on somebody's lap. But I think a toddler would be a little big for that. I just don't know I why this toddler didn't lap. get bounced. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because I heard it, I still haven't heard the whole show, but during the open, Bill Curtis is talking, you hear the toddler scream, and then when Aubrey Plaza is doing Not My Job, you hear the, the toddler scream again. And and I was in the car separately from Emily, and Emily was driving Emerson home from somewhere yesterday, and and she and, and she goes, was was there screaming on, on Wait Wait Don't Tell? <laughs> oh, no. Because she, she thought maybe it was like someone uh, like... She heard the Aubrey Plaza one, and she thought it was somebody on that was on her side of the phone. I said, "No, no, no, nope, that was in the audience." Yeah. Um, I guess we have to talk about Andrew and children for a minute here. He does say his appreciation for kids has gotten to older kids in time with where he thinks the age of his children would be if he had had children. It's a little mm-hmm. bit of a convoluted right. thing, but now that he's a little older, he sees appreciation for preteens and tweens and pre-tweens uh whereas he only used to think that even little kids were adorable um basically he's softening on children as he gets older uh, but he has made his point about airplanes uh and children on airplanes and we have uh a throw your phone from a listener named Kristen. we actually got two from listeners named Kristen this week and they were on the same theme but the email addresses were different so i don't think it's just one Kristen who's railing i think it's just two with a common name. He's just made every Kristen right. angry. <laughs> yeah, not all Kristens, just most. Um, well, you got to watch out because they'll sign up the Kirstens and the Kirstens against you, <laughs> and then you're screwed. Uh, so let me read this. Well, I totally agree with Luke about the obnoxious people who brought their toddler to wait, wait. I want to throw my phone at Andrew. I'll interject here. I think everyone on earth agrees that that kid should not have been in the front row. Wait, wait, don't tell me. It's a radio show being broadcast to millions of people. It's a prime part of NPR's lineup. Uh, Clearly, that was rude. And And microphones pointed directly at the toddler. that was disrespectful and unfortunate and poor planning. Uh, All right, this continues. I'm sorry you have to occasionally hear the sound of children when you fly. I didn't realize flying in a crowded metal tube was supposed to be a luxury spa experience that is being ruined. We live in a society where children exist. Get the fuck over it. Signed, mm. Kristen. She didn't write the signed, Kristen. Program. Aggressive. Um, okay. I've made this point here before. I'm going to make it again. You guys don't have to go down this road with me if you don't want to. Kristen, I hear you. However, 100 years ago, children survived without flying to Florida to visit grandma and grandpa. Children got by just mm. fine. And, and there's a lot of hyperbole in her message that makes it a lot more persuasive at first blush than it really is. Um my problem with children flying has never been about all children. It's been about that slim sliver age where they're going to cry and there's no way you can console them. You know, once kids are old enough to shut up with the tablet or be told to stop and understand that they need to stop, that's fine. And if your kids can't behave at that point, you have bigger problems. But like this whole thing about little tiny babies having to fly to see people or do things that they're not going to remember is ridiculous. I didn't fly Mm -hmm. anywhere until I was like 11 years old uh, and I survived. I didn't either, but I'm going to take a softer stance on this. There are circumstances where you can't leave it. You have to go somewhere. You can't leave your baby at home. Like I get it. And this is not a hundred percent thing. This is, you know, you've got to go see someone who's in the hospital. You have to go deal with this. You're moving across the country. You know, there are certainly times when baby's going to have to fly. It's just impractical not to. Absolutely. But I would say that my guess is 90 to 95% of the babies on flights are going to Disney World or grandparents or 
or completely non-essential travel. <laughs> um, Probably. I don't know. It doesn't, it does. I don't like it. I don't think anyone enjoys the sound of a crying child, but I'm able to tune it out. Usually that's what I got noise canceling earbuds yeah. for. Um, I, on my flight to Grand Rapids, there was a crying baby on the Dallas to Midway uh, leg. Screaming baby was obviously in a lot of pain, like its ears hurt. And uh, it made the whole flight pretty unpleasant, but I did my best to uh, listen to something else and tune it out. It wasn't well, fun. It, uh, and that, I did wish that child wasn't there. <laughs> if that, that baby did have to make it to the <laughs> sales conference in London. Though. That's so. true. Yeah. I, you know, that baby was really sad because it was just registering that it had to go to Midway. Uh. <laughs> it is a terrible place. And it had another baby trying to lick it the entire time. <laughs> I love kids. I really do. I think it's undue it's undue sadness and frustration for both the parents and the kids who are being put through that trauma and don't understand what's going on. Um, yeah. And I, I know parents are going to be mad. I don't have kids. Who am I? I'm an asshole. I shouldn't be judging how you choose to parent. Um, I'm just saying there's got to be a better way or reasons that you don't have to necessarily go. There are times when you have to, I get it, but I just, I get so mad as a single, they're not single, but a non child you know, I don't, I'm not a parent. And so anytime I try to wait anywhere near this, I get so much shit from people saying, well, you're not a parent. You don't know. Well, you know what? Yeah. I was a kid and I do know because I wasn't flown mm-hmm. places. I was told to shut up. I was punished when I was bad. <laughs> you know, I was a kid. I did have a parent. Anyway, that's as bad as I'm going to get while I'm in a campground full of parents and children. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the ATM story. And for once, that's not after these messages. It's the guy trapped in an ATM and passing notes out and people thinking it's a prank. Um, I think I saw someone post on the sense page that happens more often than you would think. Um, that is terrifying. Yes. Um, no cell phone. I would not go. Well, I think the phone. person said they get locked out more often than they get locked in. Oh, well, that's good. I get. Yeah, they, they lock the keys in there and then all of a sudden, you know, they got to call the boss and. I didn't realize you could go inside of those things. I had to go inside of those things. It's a thing, I guess. So if you get locked out and your keys and phone and wallet are in the room and you're outside, you're just the crazy person yelling at people at the ATM that you need their help. Yeah. (laughs) Give me your phone. I need to call your call. Sure, that goes over just fine. Because I need to break into this ATM ASAP. Andrew makes a joke about his dad, or actually tells his dad's joke about opening fortune cookies and deadpanning, help, I'm trapped in a fortune cookie factory. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is pretty great. I love it. Only a couple of more notes here. Luke will report on his light phone on Monday because he needs all weekend to come up with an excuse for why he's not using it anymore. <laughs> because listeners want to know. Uh, and is Well, aren't you supposed to not use it anyway? Isn't that the well, point of it, is that you're not using it? I think he quickly said but he couldn't remember anyone's phone number, which wasn't helping. Sure. I know my wife's phone number. He has to set up this elaborate thing where he leaves his phone at home, but he can go check it if he needs to. But if he leaves, he has a light phone. And I think my prediction is this didn't last more than a couple of days. It's probably somewhere in the bottom of somewhere wherever. It's behind a dresser in western New York next to his Nana. Right. Yeah. And his passport. He probably threw it off the dock so that Rudy Rudy would chase it and then and then panic for her life and then be disappointing. <laughs> yeah, to Luke and Andrew. Uh, is Kid Rock running for Senate? 
do I care? I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. When I when I saw Rock, I was hoping it was Dwayne the Rock Johnson because I I wouldn't mind him over Trump, but Kid well, Rock. Well, and I saw an announcement about the Rock. Right, the Rock fact. is considering running for public office, but what rich asshole mm-hmm. isn't right now? We've opened the floodgates <laughs> of this being possible for anyone. Just having name recognition means you can get elected. Yep. Music for your weekend. Andrew brings Dean's Room by Allison Crutchfield. Luke brings Prayers Up by Kelvin Harris featuring Travis Scott and A-Track. And listener Ashley brings I Know by a 15-year-old artist named Sammy Brew, which was surprisingly good for a 15-year-old. Yeah. All right. Let's push through this real quick. Housekeeping, guys. There's merch in the merch store. Go buy it. Keep entering the uh, raffle. Uh, We're going to announce a raffle winner because we've been meaning to do it all month. The latest raffle winner is Summer Aldrin. Aldrin? Aldrin? Summer, the first thing we're going to do is learn how to pronounce your last name. And then we're going to send you a raffle full of loot or a wagon full of loot because you're our latest archivist raffle winner. So thank you very much for archiving, guys. Um, you're probably counting the number of hosts and counting the number of, of names we've pulled. Just just keep archiving. I'm sure we'll come up with a way to thank you even after we've run out of hosts. Uh, buy stuff at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. Listen to Earbuds and Earworms. Your latest episode is your summer reading list, songs about books. And remember to send us your LRB moments for best of show for the end of the year when we don't want to produce new shows. To get involved, go to littleredbandwagon.com or throwyourphone.com, which has been incredible. We did not read all your thrown phone moments this week because there were just too many. We know you're mad about Song of the Summer, so are we. Go to Facebook to find us there, Little Red Bandwagon, on Twitter at LRB Podcast, littleredbandwagon at gmail.com, 802-432-TBTL. And with that, Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. My name is Elliot Phoenix Ball. My name is Gus. At the same time as a baby showing its butthole, I think it was kind of weird that an older kid just came up and yodeled. And since they were eating vegan food, it must have smelled whatever happened. Like, if if that baby... You know what I mean. If that happened with that baby, since he was probably eating vegan food, that would have smelled... Like, a lot. If his parents noticed, they would probably do something to stop it. And that would probably actually happen. About the kid, that kid should have noticed that a weird enough situation was already happening. So he's just making that situation even weirder because he's yodeling while a baby is... While that kid is yodeling in someone's face. Well, he's running around on tables doing that, too. And probably maybe sitting in other people's food.
<laughs> and that baby even had dirty feet. I know. And if that baby lost a privilege, what privilege would that even be? Like choo-choo time? Probably to go to restaurants. Maybe that baby was leaning over not to go, but maybe to... Food. No, maybe to play a deck of cards. Um, I don't think there would be a deck of cards in that restaurant. Oh, yeah. Uh, what if... What if the reason that they called it Butthole Gate is because they had a whole museum about it and the gates to that museum? What if those gates were made out of giant buttholes? Um, I have no idea what I would do. I'm like, every hour, those gates would end up farting. Or pooping. That would be really gross. And every, like, month or so, you would see a giant wet poop. I'm just going to say dire, not Rhea. I'll say the whole thing. Diarrhea. Exactly. But I don't really understand about the part where a dog is dragging his butthole through the dirt. Well, he's just mentioning out loud. It's like the kid with his butthole. Yeah, but that dog wasn't at a restaurant. He was in a dog park that's in public with loads of other people because they own dogs. Yeah, but it must have um, made a skid mark in the shape of a butthole. What would you do if if the, if there was a baby in the restaurant and and um he sticked his butthole at yourself at you? Um, I would pay more attention to his dirty feet. I would also notice his butthole because he was getting potty trained, which means that he didn't specifically know to go on the toilet. He just know, knew not to go near his parents, so he probably aimed his poop at someone else. So if that happened to me, he would probably poop on my dinner. So I would, I would tell the owner of the restaurant, and what would you do if if you had a baby who was aiming its butthole at you in the middle of a restaurant? I would probably go find its parents and tell them. Speaking of buttholes, I need to use the bathroom. It's over. The podcast is going to be over in three, two, huh? Bye.
You are nuts. Exactly.